You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, or you can wait and get it late on podcast services around the globe every Friday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're back. Uh, we're back on our regular schedule. Everything's kind of, um, I don't want to say returning to normal because things aren't, aren't returning to normal. The world is still on fire. It is still chaos people, out there. People, people think they're returning to normal, and it really freaks me out. I took the bus for the first time this weekend, and some dude was coughing just for the sake of coughing because he could see all the people wearing masks around him. And it was oh, like, God. it really made me angry. Like, it was going to the the Juneteenth march downtown where yeah. everybody was so great. Like, this march was so safe. People were so respectful of distancing. The, like, like the things that people were giving out were like face masks that specifically said like black lives matter as, and like shirts and stuff. Like everybody was wearing a mask. The medics were like making sure that everybody had masks. It was so good. The worst part about me going to this March was the stupid bus because people were just being like deliberate. Like you could tell it was deliberate, like him just being a jerk. And it was really frustrating. It's it's kind of it's kind of like I I've I've been saying a lot lately because uh, because restaurants and stuff are opening back up um, for dine in mm-hmm. and uh, Crystal a couple weeks ago was like oh we had to have a date night on the calendar technically because we put the date nights on the calendar like months in advance because <laughs> um, we got to coordinate it with with her parents and whatnot to have childcare and all that sort of thing so. Um, She's like, it's on the calendar technically, but like, what, what could we even go do? It's like, would you, you want to go to a restaurant without the girls or whatever? I'm like, I don't want to go to a restaurant because the people who are eating in restaurants right now are specifically the type of people I don't want to be anywhere near at the moment. You know, it, does that make right. sense? The, yeah. It's like, no, that's like, yep. mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like you walk in and everybody is being thoughtful and conscientious and 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 taking all of the the appropriate precautions. The people who are sitting in a restaurant today are the people who are like whatever, it's not even real anyways, right? Yeah. Like those are the people that are in a restaurant. And like I is I uh, uh, back on my birthday, I the spaghetti factory had opened back up. It's one of my favorite places to eat. Um I, and yes, I am aware it's not authentic Italian food. That's not the point. It tastes <laughs> yummy, and I like it. Um, I also have restaurants that I go to for authentic Italian food. They're different. <laughs> I, I, but yeah. So I wanted Spaghetti Factory for my birthday. They just opened back up, so we, uh, we got a takeout order. Um, so I drove all the way out to to the nearest one, and uh, 
Actually, that's not true. It's not the nearest one. It's the second nearest one because the nearest <laughs> one is garbage. But I, I, I drove all the way out to 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 the one that we like, and uh, and went in to get the food, and um, and took one look around the restaurant and was like, I don't want to be in here with these people. Like it was. Yeah, it there's was, just it's certain people that are yeah, like yeah. yeah. It, you could just you could just tell by the way that they were behaving and carrying themselves. And I had a mask on and they, and like I got looks and it yeah. was just like, it, you could, it was just, it's just a vibe, right? Like, I don't yeah. think I need to, to explain it. It's a, yeah. it was a vibe of like, Oh, none of you think that this is a big deal. Like yeah. you are. Not, and this was back in May, like this was a month ago. So, um, even like it, it, we were even sort of like, uh, at, at the higher risk point than we are now. So, um, I, and, but people think because the restrictions started lifting that it's time to just go back to life as normal. Uh, it's not, I haven't it's responded not. to my sister yet who messaged this morning being like, I just crushed my first gym workout in three months. And I just want to be like, why did you yeah. go to the gym? It, it, your, what? your, what your mentality as opposed to your sister's mentality is very uh-huh. similar to me versus my brother. Yeah. Like um, it's just, uh. <laughs> and it's like, like they, they came down and they were doing stuff and it was like, they wanted to see us and they wanted to see the girls. Cause they haven't, we haven't seen each other in, in forever. Cause they just moved up to Kelowna at the beginning of the year. Right. And I, I, it was like, okay, well, what have you guys been doing? You know, like, are you been safe or whatever? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we find out when they're here, it's like they stayed with one group of friends one night, like the first night that they were down. And then they were staying with a different, different people. Friends, the other night. Oh, and then they were seeing us and my parents. And it's like, you guys aren't being safe at all. Yeah. Like, you've just, you've, you've just encountered all of these people as well as their circles. Yeah. And then you're going to go back to the Okanagan and take whatever you've got back there with you. Like it's a, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's just, it's, and I think, I think the, the, the key problem is that people think of it from their own selfish perspective of like, well, I'm, I'm not worried about getting it. I'll be fine. Yeah. And they're not thinking about themselves as a vector, right? Because like, yeah, that's yeah. how you have to think of yourself, is not as a human being that's going to get infected and die from it. Uh, if you're a healthy person, then chances are you're, you, you, you will likely shrug it off, right? Mm-hmm. You could have complications. It could trigger stuff that you didn't know that, that you had as problems, or it could just progress, and then if it does, you're going to end up with lifelong problems. So it's not worth the risk anyways. But the, 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 the immoral part of it is not considering that your actions could kill another person. Right. And most likely probably not somebody that, you know, probably like, you know, if you're sick and you go out, you're not wearing a mask, you're not washing your hands, you're not not taking the proper precautions, and then you get somebody else sick because you've got it, um, and the, and then that person has complications and dies from it. That's that's on you, whether you know that it happened or not. That's on you. Yeah. So better to just you know take every precaution necessary, take every precaution available to you. Um, and I know it sucks. 
Like everybody acts like, yeah, but it's hard. Is he? Yeah, no, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't, it's my mom's birthday on Wednesday and I haven't got her something yet because I genuinely don't know what to get her for her birthday. Like I, usually I send her to go get a pedicure or like, I like, and I just can't bear to just get her a Tim Hortons gift certificate because that's what I get her. Like they're doing that every day is just going to get coffee at Tim Hortons. And it's like the thing that they do. And I'm kind of like, I just, I want to do something, but there's nothing that I can give her or like that she can go do and I get it. It sucks for people, but it's, it's all part of this larger, oh, I don't even, it's just too much, but, but it's the idea that people that don't care about these small things are the ones that care about the small things that don't, that actually are, are become problems, right? Yeah. Like tearing down statues and all that stuff right there. Like, well, what, why, like, why do we like want to change this? And it's just the way it is. And it's history and all. I don't know. I feel like there's a correlation between people that think that they, it's more important that they do something interesting with their day than try to protect those that are vulnerable in the population. You mean the Venn diagram is a circle? The Venn diagram is a circle essentially. Yeah. yeah. And the people would, which was the thing that I had never thought of before you posted on your Facebook, the idea of changing the name of British Columbia Yeah. because of British and Columbia and the like origins of colonialism and stuff like that. And it was just something that I had never thought about before. And your first impulse was something like that because of the way that I have been raised and ingrained is for me to be like, why? But then the second impulse, right? Like a sec, you check yourself because I've been exposed to this where I go, why not change it? If it hurts people, just change it. Right? Like, why would you fight against something like that? When in the large scheme of things, who cares what the name of your province is? Like, well, my my thing is because I know because I know what I'll hear from white people on that, which is that like, yeah, but it's called British Columbia and I've lived here my whole life and that's what we call it. And I'm proud of it. And so I don't want to change it because that's part of my identity is I'm a British Columbian. It's like, yeah. But the people who lived here before you, they called it something different. And then white people came and said, no, no, this is British Columbia now. And they weren't really part of that conversation. They didn't get to uh, have a seat at the table when that happened. Yeah. So that name is actually like if somebody walked into your house and went, I own this house now. And you you said no you don't this is my house i i've lived here for five years we bought this house it's our name is on the deed and they went yeah yeah but i have guns and you don't so this is my house now and now i call it british columbia it's like that's the that's that's colonialism in its most pure form right Dude, do you remember that? Play but people that... don't think of it that way. People no. think of it as like as we talked a little bit about it last week, like the the Lewis and Clark thing, and it's like like adventurers, right? And it's like the nonsense of of uh, all of the adventures. Every adventure that ever happened was was a couple of white guys uh, uh, being real brave. When uh, that's not really that's not really the no. case. That's not but really it, the... and it's it's one of these things where you just completely forget. Like Columbia and because it's all over the place and it's like, it's pretty well regarded that Christopher Columbus was not a very great person. Right. (laughs) And you just, and you just like forget that it comes from all of these like derivatives of anyways, it just, it's, 
it's interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I I am I am uh, uh, all for a conversation about this, even yeah. if that's all it ever ends up being. It's like I I I totally recognize that changing the name of a province is. Um, <laughs> No, it's a big, it's not it's a big deal. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna change overnight. But yeah. it's, it's one of those things but, where it's but like a conversation it's part of this larger. Important. Yeah, you know what could at least happen is that the Edmonton Eskimos could change their name. Like there <laughs> yeah. are, there are small things that matter, and I think that it's because it's small. It's like why would you dig in your heels to something when it means something so much more to somebody else? Like it's small to you. Like does it really matter yeah. to you when it could be so important to somebody else? And it's like just like be on the on the side of anyways I'm, i love that i'm learning like all this great stuff and anyways and and that this yeah. history of, of colonialism is not that far away and that's what i was going to say like i made you come see a play that i directed where literally it was about um like during the um like in kosovo and all like the crisis and how people were like kicked out of their houses and came back to see other people literally living in their houses right yeah. where it's like you just displaced people is not a like this ancient old thing that happened so long ago like it's happens all the time and just being conscious of like how we treat that and how we like well it, yeah people yeah. people want to think of, particularly in canada of of uh settling canada as something that happened you know it's like well uh the bible happened and then they discovered north america uh, <laughs> and then and then it's now right yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, but actually, uh, like, it's only been a couple hundred years. And uh, and a lot of the stuff that we were doing as part of that that uh, <laughs> uh, imperialist colonial expansion was uh, still happening as as late as the 70s. Yeah. So um, yeah. like things like residential schools in in, yeah. in Canada. Jeez. Yeah. We're happening as as late as the 1970s. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I um, think I think even later than that. Like I remember, I remember it being shocking when I was learning about the true like like when the yeah. last residential school closed and, and stuff. And it's something that like I to put it to put it in real perspective. Yeah, 1984. Okay, 1984. There you go. So it is something that 1996. Oh my god sorry in, sorry it's just uh, way later it's just in, way later than we think it is <laughs> in my own family because i have first nations heritage like in my own family there are very literal emotional scars that i feel as a result of residential schools mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and it's like and 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 like i'm i present as a white guy <laughs> so like i i benefit from all of the privilege of that and yet i it's 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 close enough generation generationally in my family history that the scars of the the abuse and trauma from residential schools is something that that I feel right right um so it's it's like the these are not concepts that should be foreign um but a lot of the time like we're afraid to talk about stuff like that we we just kind of you know it's an uncomfortable subject right i'm talking a lot lately about the fact that we have to have uncomfortable conversations um and you know you also have to be respectful i can't go into detail on it because it involves other people in my family and it's not my story to tell but i can say that my experience is that i know that some of the 
nonsense that I have to deal with in my family uh, from multiple places, <laughs> multiple people, has a lot to do with that history. Right. Um, and yeah. and 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 there there are definite aspects of my family makeup that that want to um, deny our heritage because that's like that was drilled into people like that's that was the purpose of residential schools like they would take the the kids that could pass as caucasian and they would separate them and go like no you're gonna go live with a white family now and we're gonna pretend like you are not what you are. Oh, uh, let's talk right. about geeky things. Talking about the history of yeah. the world and all of these important <laughs> things. We'll circle so back it's, to the important it, things. It's it's but just to, all all of that to say to tie it back to the to the Black Lives Matter movement and all that sort of thing, is that like people want to act like slavery was forever ago. Residential schools, Japanese internment camps. That's also very very recent. And then and then looking at where we are right now with. Um, the way that indigenous people are treated, the way that uh, I, I, Hispanic and Latino people are treated in, in the United States and what is still presently going on right now and hasn't changed, hasn't stopped, and there are still children in cages. Um, and, and then obviously yes. what's what's happening with, with the police and, and uh, specifically the African-American community, but black people all over the world. Like, it, it's... Yeah. It's it's global, man. And, yeah, and like I the, watched, these I watched, scars are like, are present. They are today. They are this stuff yeah. is not textbooks. It's not history. It's the life that we have to deal with every day. So if tearing down a Confederate statue, or getting rid of Gassy Jack in in Gastown yeah, in Vancouver, in Vancouver yeah. makes those like you said vulnerable, although I I I I bristle at the term vulnerable because it kind of victimizes a little bit, but. The the and that's just my personal thing. I know. I don't know like, if I used. Did I use the word vulnerable? I I think you said vulnerable at one point, but I okay. I also like it's the it's part no, of the I language. No, I understand. I understand. But I understand what you're talking about too. That it <laughs> it does have this connotation. Yeah. But like those those populations that are directly impacted by by yeah, like, like the negative if, like if a statue does history. harm. Yeah. It's not worth keeping up. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. rid of it. And, um, I didn't know this, but I hope everybody is learning more than they've ever learned before about the history yeah. of the world. How did I not know that Confederacy was like four or like less than five years? Yeah. Like I, and, and that slavery was like what, 250 or something like that. Cause you always just assume that it's together and it's not literally Confederacy was because they were ending slavery and they didn't want to specific. It's specifically racist. Yeah. Like I just, I, I will never again let anybody, I mean, not that I, had a lot of leeway for people previously. I don't think anybody's ever come up to me talking about the Confederacy before, but in my brain, I didn't have the same like understanding of like this BS term history. Come on. That is so flimsy at best. Flimsy is the, like how you can describe anybody that talks about Confederacy as being something that is worth like memorializing in any way. And so I just can't, my favorite, my favorite meme that I see that, that pops up every time this stuff about, about, you know, the, 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 um, the Confederate flag and whatever, uh, these statues and all that sort of thing uh, that pops up is like, 
like oh yeah you hear about uh in in germany they're uh they're tearing down all of the the nazi statues and um and renaming all of the military bases that are named after uh nazi generals and stuff and it's like no they're not because in Germany, they don't do that stuff because they recognize that that was a black spot, like a black mark on their history. Like they they don't have to tear that stuff down because they've already acknowledged as a culture, like, dang, we messed up. <laughs> like we royally screwed the pooch on that one. And uh, Germans uh, have a lot of checks and balances yeah. as a people because they yeah. understand and have and have learned. Now, granted, I don't really know about the statue situation in Germany, so that's something I can't really. No, I mean, like, to, so like, so yeah. they like it, it's 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 pretty famous that like you go to Germany, you go to like a, a museum, and I uh, I like there will not just be like a little section on World War Two. It's like half the museum is devoted to World War Two because it's such a it's such an important part of their their history, and it's. It's not obviously glorifying what happened. It is it it is meant to be there as like the stark reminder of like don't ever let us go down this path again. Yeah. And like um, what you could the, be, and like how you and how people in, in power and Yeah. The I'll the just... pain that was caused both outside of Germany and within the country in in the like for the goal of this madman right like it's uh, it's the sort of thing that that uh americans are way too prideful um to look back on the last four years when we're out of this hopefully uh in january um and and say like hey man we should uh we should we should really devote some time and effort to memorializing the mistakes that we made in this period of time. And um, to celebrating the K-pop stands yeah. that are helping to slowly tear apart um, the, the dictatorship in America. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that they'll, that they'll be very proud of themselves. Like not all of America, obviously. I think the, uh, it's, a, I think it's a minority in America. It's just, oh man. Yeah, you're right. Let's uh, yeah. talk about something geeky. Let's like, let's let's talk about some news. I, did we talk about K-pop last time? I think we talked we, a little bit. We about definitely it. mentioned it. It came up that, but like, I think, but that I think they took over the the whiteout Wednesday hashtag and. Uh, but it becoming that. like even bigger with the Tulsa thing, like the yeah. the like um, buying up all the tickets for. I just love these memes that are coming up from like people that are even our age or like older that are now like the generations below the like below where everybody's like did gen z know that this was happening and gen z just looking around being like yeah we did this intentionally we understand social media and we yeah. understand the state of the world yeah. and it's just like beautiful it's it's so funny because i think people forget and and i i don't know maybe one day i'll, I'll also forget um uh, sort of, sort of like that Peter Pan thing of like forgetting where you came from eventually because you, right. you just you just live in the moment or whatever. But I was trying to make a real effort to remember how I felt as a teenager and what I thought about and the stuff that was important to me because that's what's important to teenagers today. Right. Um, and uh, the specifics of it change, but the um, the feeling, the gut, the like the heart of it doesn't change teenagers are teenagers and and in my experience working with them it's like they're where it comes from the core of it is always the same what machine they're fighting against uh, uh it, it it sometimes changes its face but 
but it's always kind of the same thing. And I remember, I can remember us, uh, have it like we had a walkout, um, to protest the, the, uh, the war in Iraq, um, like like uh, like we did stuff. stuff too. Yeah, there was things that we um, would do. Yeah, and we didn't have social media yet. We had MSN Messenger <laughs> <laughs> that we could coordinate with. So like obviously, I think this this generation has the benefit of technology <clears throat> that that we didn't have, um, and the majority of people want to come down on them and say that they're just connected. They're always connected, blah, blah, blah. They can't put their devices down. it's like, well, neither can we, but, um, they're actually doing meaningful stuff with their devices. Whereas, you know, like Like it's a different way of connecting. We've talked about that all the time, that it's just like a different way of like, I think it's, I just think it's important to say, say it's important to do two things. Never take the generation that came before you as seriously as they tell you to take them and always take the generation after you more seriously than everybody is telling you to take them. Because like that, like that, I think if you live by that rule of thumb, when it comes to these generational divides that you'll be, you'll, you'll stay in a safe zone. Um, because if you listen to the, to the boomers and the gen Xers and let their, uh, uh, rhetoric get to you, then you're playing right into their traps, right? As a, as a millennial, which I, we're talking to our audience, which is mostly millennials. And I think a few Gen Xers and, and maybe we've got a couple of Gen Z's in this audience. Now I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we really do. But... Podcasts take too much. They're, they're too long and yeah, they're like antiquated. Yeah. It's antiquated. Um, Can't we just TikTok our ideas? Yeah. I, I, so I don't know. Maybe we've got a couple of you that, that are, that, uh, that, that, that stick it out. But, uh, I, yeah, like, like I'm not, I'm not going to listen to any of those, uh, Gen Xers or boomers cause, cause their ideas are still rooted in, uh, uh, cassette tapes and VCRs. (laughs) But, um, but when Gen Z talks, like I'm very, uh, keen to listen keen to listen like i'm very thoughtful yeah. about it, mindful of it yeah. because um because they have lessons to teach us yep. uh, it's 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 that thing of like the generation before us or generations before us we we need to learn from their mistakes and and grow beyond them that's that's important uh and like sort of as a cultural evolution sort of thing but it's equally if not more important that we listen to the generation that's coming up after us um especially when they're telling us what mistakes we're presently making yeah because we have we still have an opportunity to change that where where millennials are at right now our neuroplasticity is still at a point where we can adapt to new ideas. <laughs> and are you sure? I don't know. I feel like all my neural plasticity is gone, and it's I'm going. Set in my ways. It's definitely going. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to play Fortnite with them because they're just going to wipe the floor with me. Because I can't. Like, what? You got to build stuff and shoot things. Can't do it. But but if they tell me that, like, hey, you're you're the way that you interact with activism is stupid. I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> tell me this is the best, that because best it hasn't meme. done anything for us yet. Right. Like not, it hasn't done anything, but it hasn't been as effective as I think we would want our activism to have been in the past. What did we do wrong? For the most part, I think that we sat behind computer screens and reblogged a thing and signed a petition and went, well, I did my thing. Right. 
right? Yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like the whole slacktivism thing. I and I and I do think that that's a real trap that a lot of people in our generation have fallen into, and the the generation coming up after us saw that is seeing that and seeing that it didn't get us anywhere. 2016 versus 2020, I, I, you know, or not 2016, 2014 versus 2020, right? Ferguson to now. It's like, here we are again. The same thing is happening again. Um, it's very different this time around. And I think that the reason it's different this time around is because a whole new generation has come of age and is saying, hey, we watched this on social media six years ago when we were impressionable children and it was horrifying then and it's still happening today and we're saying enough and and to me it's like yeah yes it's enough and please you have the energy and the knowledge to to do something about it and so we need to listen to them and then take our voting power as as millennials and uh and and take it to the polls and and get the job done and support that but Dude, I've talked about this meme before, but like that meme where it's like the millennials versus the Gen Z and it's that like old guy with the cereal or whatever it is. He's eating out of a pot and he's like, hey, what's going on? And the Gen Z is like teenage rebellion. And then the guy's like, yeah, stick it to the old people. And it's like yeah. millennials being like, you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, we're old. Millennials yeah. are old. Yeah. that's but, the, So we're yeah. learning. We're learning. Um, Anyways, let, like I said, Anyways, let's let's K-pop get into geeky stuff. Let's it's talk. Good. Let's let's talk about. Let's say, yeah, support Gen Z. Uh, down with the patriarchy, the white supremacists, and um, I don't support, know who else. Support BTS. I, yeah, support <laughs> BTS. <laughs> I yeah, K pop stands are the future. Um, if you don't understand it. what that means, <laughs> you're part of the problem. But it's not too late. It's not too late. You can still learn. Um, I would awesome. highly suggest um, suggest you use John Oliver to learn because he is fan freaking tastic yep. and continues to do amazing. Coverage. It's a one two punch. There's a like, one two punch. John like, Oliver, um, who's going to keep you up to date on like like the the current stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say uh, uh, Hassan uh, uh, Minaj. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Hassan Minaj. I I. I What's his show called? Oh, Patriots. Patriot Act. Yeah. Patriot Act. Yeah. I on on Netflix um, for the deep dives on specific subjects, which like John Oliver definitely goes into deep dives, but not the as deep, because um, mm-hmm. he'll take a segment from like The Daily Show or John Oliver, and and on Patriot Act they'll go twenty five minutes just on that subject and it's like you will have to change the way that you live your life after some of the stuff that you learn um watching that show but but uh that's it's a it's a challenge that i think that everybody should give themselves um yeah uh, i think i think if you're watching those two shows you can be you can stay pretty informed yeah um it's good cool I uh, before we before we get too far into news, I'm just gonna say, I I sort of it's this is a bit of a developing story, but um, Cobra Kai is coming to Netflix in oh, advance of the season three premiere, and uh, as soon as that drops, which I'll let everybody know when that happens, because I'm a huge fan of Cobra Kai, um, I suggest everybody watches it. I just I, saw you post that. Like, is it live so action? Good. Yeah, yeah. 
Cobra Kai. Um, and for those who don't know, Cobra Kai is the sequel, revival, reboot of the Karate Kid franchise, oh. of which there are four movies um, in that in that continuity. Um, and uh, and Cobra Kai is better than most of those sequels. Huh. Uh, uh, it's oh, it so was a good. web series, and it actually does it actually have the actual rights from Karate Kid? It's, it's a yeah no it's, it's like a real up. like it's it's oh, wow. it's William cool. Zabka and Ralph Macchio it's cool. it is the sequel it's 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 like everything these days it's no different than the Force Awakens or or right. uh, the Rocky movies or any of that stuff it's like no no this is the continuing story um, but for my money and it, more than Star Wars Cobra Kai is the best franchise follow up that's happened to date in my wow. opinion. I like that's and, a, that's high praise, man. Like what you have to understand is that karate kid, the first, that first movie is, uh, I, one of my perfect 10, uh, uh, trademark patent pending, uh, uh <laughs> movies. Like, like I, that, that falls under that list. Um, don't hate me, Michael. Yeah, you've never seen it. You, I know. Look, it's a just... there's a busload of movies that you've never seen that it's tragic that you've never <laughs> it's seen. So upsetting. That you really don't have any excuse. Um, Karate Kid is a perfect movie. Karate okay. Kid is amazing. All right. All right. Um, I, it's the wax on wax off movie, right? Yeah, it is the wax okay. on wax off. Movie. See, I know things. Uh, and and uh, Karate Kid Part Two is pretty good. It's a it's a it's an interesting follow up, um, and I like it a lot. Part three gets into some shaky territory, and then the next Karate Kid uh, is a very '90s attempt to revive that series um, that didn't didn't quite work. And then uh, they sat around doing nothing and were revived in 2020 to make another a web series. Uh, well, so, I mean, like it's, it's been a few years now that Cobra Kai's yeah. been running because it's season three that we're going into. But um, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. it's it, but I mean, there was an attempt to reboot it, like a straight up reboot. The the um jackie chan jaden smith um, oh yeah 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 movie, i remember hearing which that, is yeah. also a good movie like i got i i had no nothing bad to say about that movie um except for the fact that the the um the theme song at the end that plays over the credits is featuring it's it's a justin bieber song featuring jaden smith um so here's the thing justin bieber's a dirtbag so he he is a little bit but i am i allowed to like jaden smith yeah. Because I feel like I'm always unclear where like the Smith family sits in sure. the scale of like Hollywood skis cuz they're always like peripherally really awesome. Yeah. But also like it's like it's very weird. like I never quite know what's going on with with them and they they just anyways, they're a really interesting like family. And I just think that it's it's really it's sort of cool. But it is this thing where every once in a while somebody will say something where I'm like, "Was that a was that a good thing that 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 was just referenced that is like a thing that Yeah. Yeah. Look, in. would Jaden Smith have been cast in the next? In, sorry, in the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan if he wasn't Will Smith's son? No, of course not. Of course not. He's there because of who he is, and because he's a legacy, right? Like that's that is he owes his career to his dad, a hundred percent. Does that mean that like he, that he's a bad person? Uh, no. No, of course no. I'm he's not taking, saying that. He's taking but... advantage of of the 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 privilege that he's got and i can't blame him for that i can't blame uh willow uh his sister for for 
uh, you know, uh, benefiting from that privilege either. It's like they, they do, but like, here's the thing is that they have Will Smith and, and Jada Pinkett Smith for parents. And those are like, that's a powerhouse, uh, 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 Hollywood power couple, right? I knew, I knew there was something, there's something like problematic about something to do with like him having a vegan diet and actually causing these huge health problems. Like, there's always just something that's a little bit like where you're like, "Are you yeah, okay? Like, are you guys okay?" They're as kids, like I'm. You're just, they're just like a little bit like celebrities, and then children of celebrities, right? Like, yeah. like and not celebrities, but like, like Will Smith is one of the highest paid actors in the world, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like he's responsible for some of the top grossing movies of all time in Men in Black and Independence Day, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, like, it, there, that, that comes with the territory, I think. It's, Can I just say? Yeah. This is really bothering me because I'm Googling them as we're talking. Yeah. And both of their Wikipedia pages say their full name where they're like, Willow Camille Rain Smith, known mononymously as Willow. And I'm like, nobody just calls her Willow. She's yeah. Willow Smith. Same with Jaden's. It says Jaden, just known mononymously as Jaden. I was like, mm, is he though? Like, if you just said Jaden, would you automatically assume well, that I, th- I was talking I about I think Jane what Smith? that's referring to is that they're not billed by their full names. They're billed as I Willow so. Smith and Jaden. That's true. Anyways, I'm going to stop ragging on children that are just trying to do their best uh, they're in the not world to be anymore, celebrities. So. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty That's sure fair. they're both adults now. But um, we can talk about my '90s nostalgia yeah, now. Let's that's talk also about coming to Netflix. Netflix is just cashing in on the '90s nostalgia. Um, is it, or '80s? Is the Karate Kid '80s or '90s? Karate Kid is '80s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But the Babysitters Club trailer was released, and I mean, I made Mike watch it, and I'm like, oh, it's so nostalgic, and he's like, nope, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> but, but I think it just has to do with how, and I just want a few things of note for me is that they actually cast children, which I just think is so great yeah. to like make it um like a movie about kids because that's what the babysitters club is like i don't know if anybody has read the books like they're so cute and is it a movie or a series it's it's just a movie i think it's just a uh, oh i'm pretty sure it's just a movie i thought it was just a movie i think it's just a movie okay uh oh man yeah no no, netflix features futures no no it could this is now you're messing with my brain i'm pretty sure that it's a movie i'm like 98 percent sure that it's a movie i could be totally wrong um but the the 1995 movie the baby search club is a, is a movie um with soups famous people like rachel Laycook and uh i feel like other famous people that you you would know if you if you like looked at the anyways um cute mo- a cute movie about babysitters and it's just that's just literally what it is it's about these like young kids learning how to be um like how to run their own business and be it is absolutely oh, it's episodic it's 10 episodes whoa yeah. what how exciting that's way better i guess i'm just i'm thinking about the movie i am so excited that this is now a series so much to be excited about um but anyways it's it has like the same classic characters right from the books and from the from the movies or from the movie, but I do love that it. Oh, that's the other one, Alicia, Alisa Olink, or uh, the one that was Alex Mack. What's her, how do you say her name? Lissa, Larissa, sure, yeah, Olink. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, but uh, 
anyways, the the movie was really awesome, and they they're taking the same characters, but then they're modernizing it. But I do love that they have the like throwback to the really cool like you know those see through phones yeah. that had the like funky stuff where there's just a phone, and it took me a minute to realize. Like, until they pointed it out in the trailer that those are not something that everyday kids use, I just totally bought into it, where I was like, oh, this is so great, it's the Babysitter's Club. Oh, and the, mine, and yeah. the kids And the kids make a snarky comment about how it's, like, 20-year-old technology, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I get it. It's true. Anyway, so it seems like it'll be really cool that they're going to, like, modernize it so that it, like, hits with, an, like, a, like an everyday audience, but that it's something that you can, like, appreciate for where it originates, and it just has, like, these really, like, sort of... Like, it's just, like, like for little kids. And I just love that. That it's, like, I don't know. I said, like, so many times when I was describing that. But, you know, I can't I, help but be I do appreciate that it, that it is geared at the correct target audience. Yeah. Which um, is not something that can be said for a lot of stuff these days. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like a really well-made series. Uh, yeah. It looks like the sort of thing that... that uh, Kara might actually even be interested in because it'll yeah. be aspirational for her. She'll look at these uh, 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 young teenage girls and uh, which she considers herself. She's yeah. she's three. She's almost she thinks, four. She'll be four she in August. She's a teenager. Oh and, dear. And in her brain, she's a teenager. She's oh, she no. constantly says like I'm a grown up, basically. You and are it's like, in for you're a... <laughs> not even a little tiny bit a grown up yet, kid. Um, yeah, she's so funny. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so she might she might want to watch that. And although it's live action, which tends to it's a little bit harder to get her to pay attention to. But um, just because she's three. <laughs> I can't uh, I can't find how to like find the cast because I feel like there's only like one person that I recognized in the trailer. From it, and the problem is when you Google the Babysitters Club, you get like all of the well. It's mod, called like IMDb, and you just got to put the I year know, in. I know, I, that's true. It took me a while to find it, and I found it right as I said that. So yeah, um, Alicia Silverstone is the only person that I recognize. I mean, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it looks it looks looks like it'll be a fun one for it'll people just be who a fun, care. It'll just be fun and cute, so which is exciting. Cool. Um, let's talk about sad news for a second. Okay. <laughs> we talked about angry news earlier, but let's talk about sad news. So uh, Joel Schumacher uh, died uh, as we're recording this. Like it was announced this morning that that he passed away. Um, and I, I, he's going to be most famously known as the man who put nipples on Batman. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think that that's kind of his legacy. But I, uh, I'm just. I'm just bringing up his um, his IMDb. Uh, so as a director, uh, uh, I mean, most recently House of Cards, uh, which, uh, you know, like uh, controversy about Kevin Smith uh, uh, notwithstanding, but um, like that's that's pretty cool. Uh, controversy about Kevin Smith notwithstanding? Sorry, Kevin Spacey. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, sorry. I, th- I heard Kevin Smith. My brain was like, what are you no, talking about? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey um, yes. Let's see. Yes. But Batman and Robin uh, and Batman Forever are the ones that are the ones that everybody's going to think about. But like he also made eight millimeter uh, a time to kill man. Like he like so much of the 90s was uh, Joel Schumacher. The client 
which is a classic. I, I, I'm naming movies. Amanda has no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, no, here I'll, 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 I'm on IMDb anyways, looking up. And then, and then back in the eighties, uh, the lost boys and St. Elmo's fire, which are two very, uh, I think important films, uh, uh that, that kind of shape what, what we think of when we think of the eighties. Um, wait, did you say Joel Schumacher? Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah, it's well, I mean, you've just completely destroyed your cred. Um, in I know. One sentence, I, we but... do, well, I've destroyed my cred on this podcast yeah. many a time, um, so I'm not. I'm not like, concerned I, about. I that. will say, like, for all of the for all of the crap that those two movies get, I I like them. I, I, they're not good movies. They're not. They're not well constructed films. Oh no, but they're just fun. Like, how can you not like Batman and Robin? But yeah, it's like, so like fun. for what he was going for, um, and certainly as follow ups to the Tim Burton movies, which I honestly believe are not as certainly Batman Returns, not as um, sacred as a lot of geeks want want you to believe that they are. Like they, like. There are some serious issues in the Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, well, yeah. uh, Batman Returns again, uh, particularly. Um, wow, he started as a costume designer. Yeah, he started a costume designer. I, uh, I, uh, and and became a director. He's lots of music videos and stuff as well. Yeah, and like um, like like in excess and all sorts of. Random. But yeah, I mean like yeah. Lost Boys. I think if for anybody who's seen Lost Boys, like they know, like that's eighties. Yeah. Like camp horror Saint Elmo Fire at its best. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. The Phantom and, of the Opera, though, too, man. Yeah. Like, um, I love that. But movie. those Batman movies, like the his his vision of Gotham, is like love it or hate it. Like it's it's crazy. It's on <laughs> such an epic scale. Yeah. Um, particularly in Batman and Robin. I mean, like the whole sequence where they're where they're driving the Batmobile across the gigantic statues in Gotham oh, City. Yeah, it's like he so good. He really created like this comic book world that we hadn't seen before. Um and and Oh, John Glover is in Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the scientist that Pamela Isley kills at the beginning, right? <gasps> oh no he, way. That created the Bame Venom, I think. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. man, I gotta watch this movie again this summer. <laughs> um yeah, I think uh, like here's the thing, people watch Batman 1989 and then Batman Returns and they're like, oh, dark Batman, oh, it's so cool. It's like Batman is no, he's never been seen before. He's all black. <laughs> There's no blue on his suit. It's no gray. It's just all black. Batman with the yellow thing is so cool. He's got the Batwing and the thing as it pops off and it turns into a missile car. Um, and and the Joker is scary and Penguin is a freak monster creature. And uh, I it, and Catwoman is sexy in a way that comic books hadn't been sexy before, um, and it's like that. It it pushed the envelope in the in a lot of those directions, and it's really important for those things. And then Batman Forever comes along, and Schum Schumacher takes it in this completely different direction, back towards the 1966 Batman, but not all the way with Batman Forever. It's still a lot of the 1989. Uh, Tim Burton vibe um, and it's still very sort of self-serious <clears throat> and then they make Batman and Robin and George Clooney comes in and George Clooney a fantastic actor 
I think does exactly what he was supposed to do in that movie, which is like, he's not playing, he's not trying to follow up Keaton, which is what Val Kilmer was trying to do. He's playing Adam West. And like they, he literally whips out his Batman MasterCard at one point in the movie. Like it's like the movie's full of product placement and it's like, it's ridiculous and silly. And the suit up scenes are, are, obnoxious and uh connecting it back to babysitters club alicia silverstone is is batgirl um and they completely mess up that character's origin but who cares like it's not that big a deal um yeah and her bat suit has high heels and it's really (laughs) creepy that her uncle her great uncle designed the thing for her and it has a (laughs) it has a goddamn bat thong right like like there's literally a shot in that where like she puts on the belt and then it whip pans around and just shows her butt for a solid two seconds and you can see that like molded into the rubber suit is a thong because it was whatever year it was 1998 I want to say I uh, 97. Right. So it's like, that's, that's where we were at. That's just, that's where we were at. Um, you know, like, is it, is it a good Batman movie? Yeah, it is. Cause Batman is all over the goddamn place. Like Dude. if you like anybody who wants to act like Batman is this sacred text, it's like, it's not, there's, no. There's stupid stuff in Batman comic books. There's stupid stuff in the history of Batman. And there's also some ridiculous stuff that is awesome, like the 1966 series. And I think that with age, Batman and Robin has gotten better, in my opinion. Because, like, one of the things people go to a lot of the time is is Schwarzenegger as as Mr. Oh, Freeze and, and oh, you know, so good. awful with casting and whatever. He's so bad and all the puns. And it's like, no. You're thinking about it wrong. First of all, it's connecting back to 1966 Batman. That's how the supervillains talked. That's what we're going for, right? And Uma, Uma Thurman is doing an Eartha Kit impression as Poison Ivy. Like they're, like they're specifically sending up the 1966 series, and as an homage to that, with 1997 technology and the budget, it it nails it, in my opinion. The other part of it is think about who Do- who Mr. Freeze is as a character, right? He's a scientist who becomes a supervillain. He's a nerd, a science nerd that becomes an ice-themed supervillain. Of and course guys, he's going to make ice These publicity stills are just fantastic. Isn't it the to best? Go on IMDb like they are the it's photo shoots like, are just I can taste so the McDonald's fun. extra value oh, meal. I know. That like, came with just, the mug this or whatever, was, this right? This was like, like my childhood. And here's the thing. As a as a like very self-proclaimed like Superman fan, yeah. All the way. Like I spent I, I watched like all of season uh, 10 again like over the weekend cuz I was just like because I had watched Man of Steel the weekend before because it was, like, the anniversary or whatever. And that I, so I'd watched, like, all the, like, recent Justice League and Batman and stuff. And so uh, and um, Superman versus Batman and all that stuff. And so I was in this, like, Superman withdrawal. And I was like, I want to watch Superman. So then I just went and watched, like, my favorite Lois and Clark episodes of Smallville. And then that just led to me watching all of season 10 of Smallville. <laughs> because, let's face it, it's that's what that show is. Season 10 of Smallville is just Lois and Clark. But when I think back to my childhood... This, like, this specific Batman and Robin movie was, like, my first, like, superhero, like, 
thing that I watched on a regular basis. Like yeah. I, I'm actually like having this revelation just now as we're talking, where I'm realizing <laughs> you buried it deep. I buried it real deep. It's a trauma. I, but... I really, I really, yeah. viscerally am mad that Batman is my like is like one of my like first sort of like superhero connections. Because... It's just the timing, right? Like it's, yeah, I mean it, it is. It's yeah, 100% of, like, when just I was, the timing. Yeah, yeah when I was. Um, and sometimes, sometimes we don't get to we don't get to make those choices, but uh, and sometimes we get lucky. I w- I saw a thing on Twitter and reblogged it the other day, retweeted it the other day about, um, you know, like the like what's your favorite uh, video game from the year you were twelve, and I looked it up and it's nineteen ninety seven, the same year that Batman and Robin came out, and I'm like, well, this is not fair. Because I was twelve in nineteen ninety seven, like that's Final Fantasy seven. It's I I I man, I'd have to go back through the list again, but it's like it's crazy. Like I and what I landed on was Star Fox sixty four, um, and like, but it's just like like it was like the the beginning, like the peak of not quite the peak, but like the beginning of the Nintendo sixty four and the PlayStation one like coming up with all these incredible new games. It was like the beginning of a new era of, of gaming with 3d games. Right. And it's like, like sometimes you get lucky like that. And then other mm-hmm. times uh, you're, you're that age and your first superhero movie that you go to and take seriously is Batman and Robin. And <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's just how it, it is. It is what it is. Like you play the hand you're dealt. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is totally like you're saying you were 12. I would have been 11, right? In yeah. 1997. This movie is totally made for 11 year olds. Yeah. And yeah. Like, well, and like I went and, to it and I walked and, out of it like that was awesome. I don't but, and like, I didn't think it was bad. That, that I take for granted is the things I liked about it was Alicia Silverstone and Uma Thurman because I'm a girl and they were these cool, like even like there was, it's cool when you have representation on both sides, right? Like the kick-ass villain and the kick-ass lady, like being a hero and a villain. Like it was, Oh man, I'm getting more and more respect. The more we talk about this, I feel like we've talked about Batman and Robin on this podcast a lot in the past. It's yeah. Well, I'm, it's probably come up in the past, but, um, yeah, it, 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 it. No, it's yeah. I think it gets way more flack than it deserves. Oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, like the bat nipples are ridiculous, and <laughs> uh, Batgirl's whole situation is um, in the year twenty twenty. It's problematic to say the least. But I will say that Alicia Silverstone rocks that outfit like oh, she yeah. looks oh, yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. yeah um and i mean it's it's fun and aspirational too right yeah. i mean superheroes the thing is you look at any superhero where you're like the superman costume is very like i don't know every iteration you need to be very jacked to be able to fit into the superman costume properly i don't know so yeah for sure yeah um Cool. Uh, what what else we got? What 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 other news did we want to touch on before we take our break? I feel like those were the the main ones that I had on my end. I can't remember if there was any other any other news news to talk about. So cool. Um, oh, Michael Keaton in the Flash. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was the last thing. Speaking of Batman, yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton, I I. It is rumored to be reprising the role of Batman in uh, the the Ezra Miller Flash movie, uh, which is I think being called Flashpoint at this at this time. Um, here's the thing: there's there's three things to this. 
the first thing that I'll open with is I absolutely want to see Michael Keaton reprise the role of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, uh, on the on the big screen. That goes without saying. Michael Keaton is fantastic. I love him, and he, he, like he's Batman. It, it's awesome. That would be great. I uh, this Flash movie is never going to happen, so it's a moot point, anyways. <laughs> Uh, Why do you say that? Because it's been in development for like six years and okay. it's changed. The plot has changed like four times. Yeah. I don't it's, think they really know what they're doing yet. It's not happening. That's it's good. not happening. The only reason I could see this movie happening as Flashpoint is because it's an opportunity for them to maintain some to they get to keep the continuity in the same way that Star Trek did with the 2009 movie. They get to keep the old continuity. They're not blowing it up, but they get to start fresh. Right. Flashpoint for people who don't know is Flash goes back in time, changes the events of his his mother's death um uh to to save her. Um but that breaks the timeline and when he gets back to present day, everything's gone wrong. Uh, in Back to the Future 2 fashion. They've just completely ruined everything. Um, so he ends up going back, fixing it, but the alteration, even the slight alteration that he makes when he goes back to the present that he fixed, some things have changed. It happened on in the Arrowverse. They did Flashpoint. Um, and, and, and then most, just ruined stupid little things. That Most notably, it, it they removed the character Sarah... Uh, 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 Diggle, I guess. Yes, yeah, I guess Diggle. Sarah Diggle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a hard time thinking that that's his last name, but it is. That's mm-hmm. it's why they call him Diggle. He's John Diggle. Um, and they replaced him, replaced her with, uh, with, with JJ, with John Junior. Um, now by the end of Arrow, they fix that, and they both exist now, so it's fine. But, uh, but yeah, so Flashpoint did stuff like that, where it's like it altered things but not completely so you have a scenario where you can say like okay if flashpoint happens then batman is erased and as we know him but like when we come back with the robert pattinson batman if that one's successful we can say that that's part of the continuity we can say that the first suicide squad is pre-flashpoint and we can say that birds of prey is post-flashpoint and that's why there's these weird discrepancies and now we have an in-universe explanation for it. Isn't we that can, like the whole purpose of the Flash, though, is to exist to like fix yeah. plot holes? Um, well, I don't know if that's the whole purpose of the Flash. I, mean, yes, that's, I, I think that Flash I'm fans being... would find that really reductive and insulting. But oh, I didn't um, mean for it to be insulting. I meant for it to be reductive, though. So <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, it's kind of go hand in hand. But fair. It would also mean that Henry Cavill could continue to play Superman even if they blow up the Justice League Man of Steel timeline. So, right. I w- which th- I would only want him if he stayed because Amy Ad- with Amy Adams as well because I think sure. that they work really well together. Um, and I just love that she discovered who he was before he discovered who he was. I just think that that's like the truest, lowest continuity that you could possibly have. Are we here because, to talk about Flash or are we here to talk um, about Superman? Okay, well, sorry, we could talk I'm going to keep Flash. you on point because we got we have a big topic to talk about. Okay, after fine, we okay, fine. Do our ads. So if all of that could happen, I would be behind that. I would think that that's great. But here's the thing. Uh, if it's going to happen with Ezra Miller, I'm out. I'm, I don't care. I don't want any part of it. 
Like it, it, I don't want to support his career. Um, I, first of all, from the outset, I've said that his portrayal of Barry Allen is offensive. Um, he's a, a, yet another example of, of a super autistic character who has extra superpowers because he's autistic. And I hate that. It's a, it's a stupid trope. Um, and it's offensive and it shouldn't exist. I don't think that Hollywood should support it. Um, the shows like the good doctor and, I uh, I, yeah, like it just, the idea that autism, uh, it's, it comes from the movie rain man, which is a fantastic movie where I, there's a plot point in that movie where a box of matches falls on the ground and Dustin Hoffman's character, the titular rain man is, is able to instantly see the matches and count how many fell on the ground. Right. Um, Did you like, just explain the plot of Rain Man? Yeah, and then Tom Cruise takes him to Vegas, and they count cards. That's like that. That's not the plot of Rain Man. The plot of Rain Man is that Tom Cruise is the younger brother of Dustin Hoffman, who uh, is a, a adult with autism, right. and their father dies, and then he has to. He's trying to get his inheritance, but in order to do that, has to deal with his brother, his older brother, who's been in a home his entire life. And then they end up forming a bond and, 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 uh, uh, you know, they, they, he grows as a person, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, it's a great movie. Rain Man is an awesome film. I, but Hollywood took that little nugget and went, Oh, autistic people are super mathematicians. And it's like, no, uh, some people with autism, because it's a spectrum, uh, and at the time they didn't classify it that way, right? But now we classify it as a spectrum. And I, it, like, they, there are all sorts of different things that autism presents as, and it gets a, it's a whole, it's a, it, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a catch-all for a whole bunch of different things. Um and in, in 10 years, we'll look back on it and go like all oh, the way that we diagnose people with with ASD was, you know, uh, uh, not helpful, but it's better than the way that they did it in the 80s. So in any case, like it, it's turned into a person with autism has like they have all of these social de- deficits and and functional deficits, but but they the the human mind makes up for it with one thing that they're super good at, um, which is, uh, it's, it's offensive because it's not reality, right? Like it's, it sort of takes autism and turns it into a, uh, this really like generalized superpower machine so that you can say that like, Oh, the reason why the flash is such a great, uh, forensic analyst in this world is because you know he's got bad social skills because he's autistic right and and the 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 worst part of it is like the big bang theory syndrome of like going the entire time talking about it without ever saying the word because the word autism is a dirty word right it's a it's a swear almost it's akin to using the r word to a lot of people so like we don't ever say the word autistic yet you're willing to use the trope, right? That is very clearly based off of this idea. Um, and and that portrayal of the Flash 100% does that. And it, it 
it plays the social aspects of it as a joke which is also offensive separate from the super autism aspect of it but like batman basically being like you're a weird guy and then everybody in the audience is supposed to go ha, it's true he is a weird guy right it's like this is none of this is helpful to society this is all detrimental stuff um and then on top of that ezra miller turns out he's a huge dirtbag because he choke slams some fan um because he was drunk or high or a combination of the two um and he's never come out and publicly apologized for it as far as i know uh as far as i've been able to find i should say um i i do because we're talking about stuff that's like in i want to make sure that we don't like undermine all the work that he did do prior to that for like rights in the lgbtq and queer community and that ezra miller is one of the few actors that people refer to in hollywood as they because he identifies as genderqueer and i just think that that is uh, an important just sorry you can still be a garbage human being and have done a lot of good work for certain yeah it doesn't mean that he hasn't done good stuff yeah i just want to make sure that we're like clear that there are like like if you look into stuff that ezra miller has done in his like in terms of like how he advocates and and what he does um yeah it yeah it sucks that this is like the the most recent thing is this because he also like there's also instances i think what it was like a couple years ago or last year or something where like at comic-con he like kissed someone who like was non-consenting and so like there's like little there's little things like that because it's part of his outrageous personality that in many ways has benefited for some of the causes that he's fought for but is also sort of yeah problematic who he is as a person yeah Yeah, problematic um so just just for the for the sake of the conversation uh, I'll I'll compare his behavior with a with with similar behavior from Shia LaBeouf, who I I a couple of years ago I would have said very similar stuff of like I think he's a great actor I really love a lot of the stuff that he's done I think he's a bit of a garbage person and I but but in recent years um, he's 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 been working to make amends for it. And he definitely hit a rock bottom and, uh, and that resulted in him going to rehab and, you know, uh, uh, going through the process that he's gone through, um, and, and sort of coming out the other side of it, uh, as, as a bit of a different person, but, but he, this is the thing. Like, I, like, so the, the two recent movies that he's made peanut butter Falcon and, um, honey boy, uh, are both fantastic movies that I just watched recently. They're awesome, and I highly recommend them to people. Uh, and one of the reasons that, like, since he hit his rock bottom and went through the process and rehab and, and therapy and and started unpacking some of the some of the trauma in his life, he's owned the the, the garbage human behavior that he's guilty of in the years prior, basically from the time that he got transformers until he got in that car accident that landed him in, in rehab. Um, he, like he is the first person to, to bring up that like, Hey, I did horrible stuff for which there's not really anything that I can do to make up for it, but I am going to try and make amends regardless like like despite like and people can like you can see a, a lot of stuff in in interviews with him where he's like uh, like i people can 
come to whatever conclusion they want um about about what i've done in the past and you know like and 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 that's for them but i know where i'm at and i know what i want to do and and be a better person and and that sort of thing um and he's shown like incredible growth i think and and i say all that to say that like like when you juxtapose these things when i see somebody who's gone through that stuff um and and i don't know ezra miller's story because i don't particularly like him as a performer either so I'm less likely to dismiss his behavior as eccentricities I, I, in the way that I would with Shia LaBeouf because I really like him, but or liked him before. And uh, see, that's so interesting because I have the opposite. It's impulse, a it's a it's a total personal where, bias yeah. thing, and yeah. and similarly, like I I own that and I have to own that of like yeah I'm I'm gonna judge them on different scales because mm-hmm. I like his art versus his right uh, versus theirs. Sorry, I. Uh, Oh, he accepts. He accepts all he, pronouns. He accepts. Well, he, well, he he says that he's fine with with male pronouns, but okay. that he barely identifies as human, much less male or female. So <laughs> there's. So I don't know. Like, there's so much. Like, uh, honestly, until you tweeted today, Ezra yeah. Miller was like, like I loved him, yeah. and so it's like I've I've only had five hours to come because I just didn't. You're I don't still pay processing. Attention. I'm still processing because I that, didn't pay and this attention. Is the thing. I haven't paid attention to Ezra Miller really because he's just sort of like it's I barely a, knew who he was a year ago, and then I learned about it, and I'm, and yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so cool to have yeah. this actor that's like unabashedly like like fighting gender norms and just being true to who For they sure. are, and so it just it just was, and I think and I think it's totally fair to let your opinion of him evolve mm-hmm, mm. right and i mean what, as all things should right yeah, yeah. and we and, that and that's week. what i'm talking about like with shia labeouf like when he comes out and he's on jimmy kimmel and he talks very candidly about this stuff um and and his experiences and his life and then you watch the movie like again i if you do like shia labeouf at all uh, I think watch the movie. I, I regardless, I think that people should watch the movie Honey Boy. It's very uncomfortable. It, you're not gonna have a good time watching it, but it is a phenomenally well made film. Um, and he wrote it. Uh, and it's and it's it's autobiographical. It's a fictionalized account of of his life um, to the point where like names are changed and stuff. But it is very much about the relationship that he had with his father. Um, specifically in the era when he was filming the show Even Stevens, um, and it's it it's it's all about him unpacking the trauma of his relationship with his dad, and it yeah. it's like not only does he own it, but he owns it like in this public forum in a way that I think um, can help other people, right? Like he looked at his story and went, wow, I didn't realize that I was carrying around all of this trauma and that's why I was acting the way that I was acting and treating people the way that I treated them and and my behavior was unacceptable. But here are the reasons why I behaved that way. I'm going to make this movie and it's going to give other people the language to understand like the trauma in their lives and how it's affecting them and how they interact with other people. So it like there, there's a, there's a real, not just a willingness to change and to learn and to grow, but also to be of service to other people that it's like, that to me is the number one thing where I look at it and I go like, like look at that evolution of a human being. My opinion of him has to evolve along with that. 
Ezra Miller has been pretty silent about this whole choke slamming. And it's like the the articles all go like allegedly according to video and then it's like you watch the video and you see him grab this girl by the neck and throw her on the ground like it's like there's no and and she's like coming up to like get a picture with him and he's like yeah sure i'll fight you and it's like look i don't know him i don't know his life i don't i don't I don't know him personally, obviously. So I don't know what demons he's dealing with and whether or not he was uh, in an altered state or not uh, uh, and what that means. It doesn't matter. Like, you don't grab a person and throw them on the ground. Yeah. We, like, um, so, so, um, what, oh my gosh, my brain just completely it, fell out of my, out sorry, of my head. All of that yeah. is me saying he shouldn't be the Flash. Because the Flash is a superhero and kids are going to go to that movie and look up to that character. And I think that that comes with a responsibility. And maybe that's me being very like moral high groundy. But I that's my personal opinion on superheroes. I think that when you when you take on the like as an actor I don't necessarily think you're a role model. I think that there are a lot of actors out there that are reprehensible people that that put turn in good performances that, you know, like kind of separate these two things. We're going to talk about that after the break with with a different case. But <clears throat> I do think that when you take on specifically the role of a superhero and certainly when it's a high profile superhero like any of the Marvel or DC characters, you're taking on the responsibility of of that character's persona in the public eye. And it yeah. comes with a lot of baggage. And if you're not willing to accept that baggage, you shouldn't be in that role. Well, and that's that's the biggest thing that we've talked about before, right? Is that, like, if you do the work to change... Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we've talked about, How why I love Mr. Darcy so much, right? Is that, like, he yeah. is, without a doubt, a giant jerk at the beginning. But he hears what he did wrong and changes and works actively to restore not only how he acts and feels, but to actually, like make reparations and help yeah. people around him. And so if you're saying that about Shia LaBeouf, <clears throat> quite frankly, I had written Shia LaBeouf off and haven't really, like I've sort of seen him coming back in. So cool. I'll revisit that. I really, I would really love to see um, Ezra Miller speak to this. Yep. I know that as a, as a woman, I have gotten drunk before and told my male friend to punch me because I thought that I could block it. And then they just punched me and I started bleeding and I, was like, oh, well, that was a stupid thing for me to have sure. done. So, like, and and the, the problem that I have with this is that, like, I can't find, I don't know what, ha- like, he hasn't spoken to it. And that's kind yeah. of the thing that is really bumming me out about learning about this is being like, oh, man, he really should have at least, like, said something to, to like, you have to acknowledge and come forward and, and, and be able to, like, deconstruct and, and build and work and grow so that what you're saying, that responsibility that comes with that superhero role, and if people are to look to you, I think that, that you need yeah. to you need to unpack some of that stuff. And anyways, it's all, the world is a, is an intricate place, and everybody is being held accountable for things right now. Yeah, I think, I think one of the most important things to take away from that part of the conversation is, is that we need to have more... We, have, we need to have more room in, in our society and our culture to um, to accept when people do learn and grow and evolve and 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 give them the room to to make up for their past mistakes. But that means 
it means two things. It means first and foremost, celebrating, especially men, because I think that there's a real problem with, you know, the way that, that, that we, that we treat men and, and, and regard their evolution as human beings. Um, in these respects where it's like, we want to downplay this stuff and, and, uh, uh, boys will be boys and all that sort of thing. No, come out and just like own it. And, and yeah, learn like, and grow like and... we need to, we need to be much better about celebrating the victories in this com like in these sort of circumstances. Um, but the flip side of that is that we need to be, I uh, I more, um, sort of steadfast in condemning the, the, the bad behavior when it's happening and saying like, Hey, look, there's a path out of this. There's definitely is uh, a, a way to grow beyond this. And, and, and uh, like cancel culture is making this stuff really difficult. But if a person is unwilling to accept the, the uh, blame, the responsibility uh, to own it, um, then to me, it's like, well, then you're not part of that conversation. You're not engaging in that conversation. You are just behaving the way that you behave because you think that you can do it without consequence, yeah. but cause you're a movie star. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't care if you're eccentric or, you know, whatever. And, and if those eccentricities have been beneficial to other people in the past, I'm glad that that has pushed that agenda forward. You don't get the credit for that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, like like that that doesn't balance out the your oh, yeah. present. Behavior. You don't get to be an a hole just because you're like fantastic yeah. at one other thing. And this yeah. leads right back to statues. Just because you founded something, it doesn't yeah. negate all the terrible things you did tear in the history. Down. So yeah. tear it down. <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, to 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 I uh, I. Uh, borrow a page from from uh you know uh, the self-proclaimed one true god uh you know, false idols are dangerous and bad um i and and that's why that's the first commandment in in the bible is because like, like false idols they 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 lead to they lead to damaging uh cultures i think is is the way to look at it and so false idols we, is the first commandment uh, yeah, oh, I mean, no God before the one true God. So oh, that's oh, false idols. Okay, I was like, that seems very yeah. specific. <laughs> um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because Moses comes back down and they got the golden calf and they're all like, hey, check out this golden calf. It's pretty rad, right? We're going to pray to it now. And he's yeah. like, no, no, I left for a little while and you guys come back and you've created a new God? And the best you could come up with was a gold cow? Like... Anyways, hey, cows have a lot of secrets. We don't need to get into no, we don't need no, to get into let's to not let's not talk about Jewish history right now. But um <laughs> monotheism. Uh yeah. I I I'll just note I did say Jewish history, not Christian history, because Christians have co-opted Judaism and made it as if it's their religion. They're not. They're they're just standing on the shoulders of Judaism. But anyways. <laughs> I I say that I as it. a Christian. Um I love it. Uh, yeah, let's take a break from some ads. I'm sure that whoever our advertisers are on this episode, whatever dynamic inserted <laughs> ad you're listening to, they're super happy that they were bookended by this conversation. Um, and by me being like Christians trying to downplay Jewish history. Um, yeah. 
within 30 seconds of their ad. They're super excited about it. Uh, awesome. Let's, let's listen to some ads. Okay, before we get into our big topic uh, in a second, um, just just really quickly, I uh, uh, thank you to our Patreon producers Brian Murawski and uh, JJ Samuel. Uh, you guys are awesome, uh, and uh, we appreciate everybody over at Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack who supports us uh, there with their monthly pledge. Uh, of course, you can you can go to patreoncom thunderquack and, and kick in and get, you know, you get that episode uh, early every Tuesday. Um, what what? How does it break down? It's uh, for a dollar you get it early, for five dollars you get it without ads, and for ten dollars you get the uncut, um, extended edition, uh, and then twenty gets you the Patreon producer credit. So, I. Uh, Thank you to everybody who supports us at whatever level you support us, or even if you just download the podcast for free um, and uh, and and then listen to ads. Uh, it all it all makes a difference. It's all and important. rating and talking about us on podcast yeah, services around the globe. That's super helpful. I've started to like really buy into that now because you kept talking about it throughout the eight years that we were podcasting. Really. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, there's something. You're I'm glad something, something is sinking in. You're on. You're onto something. Actually, somebody posted on my facebook feed the other day where they're like does anybody know how to do a podcast and i'm kind of like i know more than some people on the internet about how to podcast because they were asking super basic things where i was like oh uh you need to get a hosting site and oh yeah you need to and it was just like it was kind of cool i did not engage with them to help them with their podcast because i don't know enough and i feel like it would have been extra burden where i was like oh mike i don't know the answers to these questions but i know at least enough now um so thank you for that education. Yeah, over no the past problem. decade. My pleasure. I <laughs> you would think that after eight years that you would know just a little tiny bit more, but I did. Okay. I learned how to remember the brief foray I had into posting my own podcast. You and did. Then, did you? And you didn't. You didn't finish Frankenstein, did you? I sure didn't. But I fully intend to finish it before the end of twenty twenty. I. Cool. I, I've told you about my, like, this, like, reading is my big struggle this year, hey? Yeah. Where it's just, like, driving me bananas that my my brain can't psychologically wrap its head around reading right now. And I was so good. Last year, I read, like, I read, like, a stupid amount of books. I read, like, like 60 or 70 books last year. And they were just, I just would, like, devour them. And this year, no joke, I think I've read maximum, like, nine books and I just, my brain, like, I just can't. I've, like, started reading, like, 20 of them. Anyways, woe is me. I, well, I, I will continue to read. You're in luck because I've got seven books and a, a, and a play that you don't have to read. Uh, unfortunately, you've already read them. Uh, I, but uh, the topic we're going to talk about right now is J.K. Rowling oh, okay, okay, okay. and her recent nonsense. I was like, wait, nonsense. what are we? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Um... And uh, I, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk specifically about about that part of the controversy, which is, what do we do now? What do we do now with Harry Potter, as a franchise? Um, and there are a few options. Do we want to talk about the issue first? Yeah, we're going might to. Not know. We're going to. Okay. But I was just about to say before Sorry. we get into what we can do, now that we have absolute without a shadow of a doubt confirmation that jk rowling is not worth our time um uh before we get into that let's talk about specifically why she's not uh so 
in recent years, Rowling has said some stuff that people are like, huh, that's a little bit questionable. And then she's kind of associated herself tangentially with some people that it's like, hmm, these aren't really the sort of people that you want people to be connecting the dots to. Um, and and those those people are are people uh, uh, within sort of the the radical feminist community. Specifically, the term is TERF, T E R F, which is uh, uh, trans exclusionary radical feminists. So to break that down, um, uh, that term means uh, feminists, women who. Um, essentially like this is a little bit reductive but they think that all men are bad including uh uh trans women um that might be confusing to some people but that's i i will can i can i can i give my own explanation of what i feel like radical feminist is because it's just um what what were we talking in the previous uh sentence that that's like a generalization and to uh, i think the the thing as a like a, as a woman going into this and explaining like why turfs are terrible yeah. is that you you first have to understand where radical feminists like are coming from so that you can break down why they're stupid and yeah. and the and the like essential part of that is that being a woman in the patriarchy and the society that we have been built with there are intrinsic systemic um, institutionalized prejudices against us as women and part of that is us like are, are like having uteruses and and childbearing and the like burden of society on like motherhood and femininity and that that part of what like radical feminism is about is like reclaiming like like as a woman that there are certain things that we need to fight against and fight fight for and that there are all of these things that came before us and and so it's it's like i don't know it's the the and i don't know if it's about like hating men but it's about the idea that there that that men are intrinsic to the type of discrimination that women have faced and that you can't take like that that it's sort of like is focused on that and like to to, and in my opinion, the part that becomes sort of um, problematic about any type of radicalization is that it swings too far, right? Yeah. That you're like, the only way to deal with this is to completely like subjugate men and to make women better. And I know that that's reductive because that's probably not what radical feminists would say that they're fighting for. But that's the sense that you get from it to the point where J.K. Rowling got angry at an article where like the terminology was um, period having individuals or something like that, right? Where it's like people that people like people who menstruate, people who menstruate. There you go. Yeah. That's the terminology, right? Where it's like, I didn't even think twice about that where I'm kind of like, yeah, because there are some people who menstruate who are not women. Mm-hmm. And so, but that becomes a thing where you go so far the other side where you're like, but no, that's such a part of who, who you are. And, and, and if you can't identify with that, and if you can't be proud of it, then you're doing a disservice to female kind and therefore buying into the patriarchy and letting them win. And so to me, that is like the moment that you sort of be like, don't let the men win is like the radical feminist side of things. And so I think that that is intrinsic to the aspect of trans exclusionary radical feminists because trans individuals negate that argument, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you fight for women's rights and women's liberation, then anybody who identifies as a woman should be able to fall under your umbrella. 
But if you think that a core tenant of being a woman is having a, a uterus or menstruating, not only are you actually negating a lot of women that are born for different reasons with different um, you know, physical makeups, but you also then negate trans men experiences, right? That, that, yeah. that like who they are as, so it's, it's across the board that when you, when you're reductive in how you think of feminism and how you think of your fight in this world and, and how you unite voices to, to join up together, it, it becomes, it, it becomes contrary to the thing that you're fighting for because it actually winds up giving people less rights and less and less things to cling to and, and fight for because the system is oppressing all of us. It's not just people who menstruate. Right. And it just is, is the, the worst part about that and, and about radical feminism, in my opinion, as a, as someone who identifies very much as a feminist, right. That, mm-hmm. that you, if you go too far in one direction, you actually start negating the conversation and it winds up being not about the things that are important. It's not about how we can fight for justice or equality. It becomes about stupid things like whether or not certain people can use a bathroom without facing discrimination. Like yeah. it just, and, and I mean the, the, sorry. Oh, now I'm just like taught on this, like whole of like trans rights, but like some of the most right trans women are some of the most discriminated, abused, sexually assaulted individuals on the planet. And so yeah. for specifically, us specifically, specifically black trans women. Yeah. And so for us to not include them in the conversation about women's rights yeah. and about feminism is just terrible. And on the flip side of that too, gay rights, right? I mean, pride month, happy pride month. And that everybody, it's very common knowledge now, I think in many social circles that black trans women, specifically a black trans woman is sort of the reason we have pride today because yeah. of the, the Stonewall rights is that is that the right stonewall yeah so, so yeah so i don't know it's just such an important part of that conversation yeah that when you have this woman who's sitting on her soapbox telling the world that only certain people can be valued in society it just becomes really really a, a big bummer and they become not somebody that i necessarily want to look to as a child's author yeah and and her her language specifically is is um, in service of of disregarding um, trans designations, right? Yeah. So, like her, like in 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 Rowling's ideology, saying trans woman as opposed to saying like I uh, I uh, outmoded and outdated terms like uh, uh, a transvestite male, right? Which is which is how we would have referred to it 10, 15 years ago. Um. It's it's like like she she wants it to be really clear. This person has this genitalia and this person has this genitalia. Yeah, right. It's just and, not the point. And for that to be for that to be the point. Right. But it's the the problem with that is that, first of all, it is negating where we are in society at this point in time and how we use language to convey these ideas and how people self-identify and how they want to be identified, which is the most important aspect of it. Because if we can't respect that about another person, like what are we even doing? Like, there's no point Um, because that's sort of the most base thing of like, what do I identify as? Just let me be, (laughs) 
like what I want to be as long as it's not harming another person. You that, you learn who who somebody is by asking them. Yeah. What's your name? Yeah. What do I call you? How do I relate to you as a person in society? Yeah. So it's a base function. You let somebody like, identify themselves. Even if we're like getting getting like that is sort of the base of where we should be just in terms of language. But if we want to go because I know that there's going to be some people that are going to listen to this. Our audience isn't huge, but our audience is big enough that I think that we've probably got some people that some of the stuff that we're saying might be new ideas to them. And I want to say like, like it's similar to what we were talking about before the break, like allow yourself a little bit of room to grow here. Uh, allow yourself to, to, to be where you're at right now and take a step at your pace um, and be open-minded and, and, and uh and take in some of what we're saying um and it's going to be a lot there's we're kind of coming at you hard and fast with this stuff because we want to get into the actual conversation about harry potter but just to just to like set the the record straight to anybody who would be like yeah but there are two sexes there's male and there's female there is there are people with a penis and people with a vagina black and white gender uh, a binary um if that's your if that's where you come at it and you use the word biological in that argument you need to stop take a beat remove yourself from what you've been trained to think for your entire life do a little bit of actual scientific research read a little bit <laughs> and learn that chromosomal like chromosomally it's actually more complex than xx and xy it's it, they're, so much more. There Basic, are like actually biology. variations. Um, and then beyond that, j- not just the biological component, but also the psychological component. Um, and then if you really want to get into it, the metaphysical component of it, uh, which is which is something that's a completely other conversation that needs its own whole thing. But like, you know, like have a room in your worldview for if you can if you can accept that some people believe in Jesus and some people uh, believe in in uh, uh, like the prophet Muhammad and some people believe in reincarnation. If you can respect that, then you need to also be able to respect this sort of stuff because it's like, we're not talking about different things from an ideological perspective, but then there is science. There is biology that backs up the assertion that gender sex, it's not a binary. They are spectrums and you can be anywhere on that. And, um, we've sort of been, uh, indoctrinated and trained into thinking that it is this binary because it's easy. It's classification is a big thing with human beings in case you haven't noticed. Uh, and we really, really like to put things in specific boxes and, the fewer boxes, the easier life is. So we tend to want to generalize things and lump people into these really big boxed groups of male, female, because that's what's super easy. It's what you look like and it's what you were born with and all of that sort of stuff. But that's just not the way that it is. Like even myself as someone who is a heterosexual cisgendered man, um, it's like, it's not that simple. It's, not, it's <laughs> yep. like, 
I've talked about it on on past podcasts, but like I I played Dragon Age uh, Inquisition and played that as a as a as a female character and found myself falling in love with a male character and making decisions not based on logic, not based on gameplay, not based on story, but like on a literal affection, a romantic affection that my character in quotes had for this guy. And I did something that was completely out of character and completely not in keeping with the way that I was playing the game because I cared so much about that man that I wasn't going to, I did something immoral and outside of, you know, my normal decision-making process to protect him. And it's, and it like, that was my moment of going like, okay, so it is a spectrum and there are weird things that can pop into your head and it is okay. Like, that's fine. And when I say weird, I don't mean weird as in bad. I mean, weird as in, um, like, like a, 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 de- a deviation from even that's bad. Cause then it goes into the word deviant, but like, it, just like something that like you, you're, Every day you get up and you brush your teeth. Every day you get up and you brush your teeth and you brush your teeth and you brush your teeth. And then one morning you get up and, you know, instead of brushing your teeth first, you read the newspaper and then you brush your teeth. And it's like, okay, that was different. It was just different. It wasn't a bad thing or a good thing. It was just a different experience that one time. Put it in and maybe, maybe somebody else got up, read the newspaper before they brushed their teeth and they went... This is preferable. Yeah. I like this more than brushing my teeth first thing when I get out of bed. And who cares? <laughs> who cares? It doesn't make a difference. Some people don't brush their teeth in the morning at all. And it really doesn't affect you and whether or not you brush your teeth first thing in the morning. So Yeah, exactly. You're allowed to like think that that's probably something that you wouldn't choose for yourself because brushing your teeth is something that you value very much as an individual if oscar isaac walked in right now and said mike i want to kiss you square on the lips i would say 100 percent. i have to check with my wife first i'm pretty sure she's going to be okay with it have you not added him to your list yet? I feel oh, he's like definitely on get, my list, but I still, <laughs> I would still in the moment say like, I do need to talk to check Crystal just, about this and make sure that she check. is still okay with this because we are, are in a committed monogamous relationship and adding Oscar Isaac into it is something that we've definitely talked about, <laughs> but I just want to make sure that where she's at and where I'm at are still the same because we're not, human beings are not static. So yeah. if he walked in and he did say that to me and that opportunity presented itself, I would be doing myself a disservice to not take that opportunity and explore that avenue. Of course. There, there no, are, totally true. there's literally not, I don't think that there's anybody else that I would make that exception for. Maybe, maybe there's a couple other guys, but like, that doesn't mean that I necessarily am like, Oh my God, I'm gay. It turns out that I'm gay. You guys, it also no, doesn't mean that I want to have Oscar Isaac have so have I uh, I like gay. I'm going to use th- we're getting into some weird words that we don't usually use on this podcast. But in the in the in the 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 nature of being open and honest about this, I'm not going to have gay penetrative sex with a with a guy like it's not it's not. But that doesn't mean that you can't love me. him, but you can still love him. And yeah. Have him as part and of it also life. doesn't mean that like very close friends of mine that do choose to live that lifestyle it's not like it's no skin off my nose that somebody else wants to do that i don't care 
you if know, you're, it was like if the, you're happy and you're not harming other people, then I support you in that, and that's the important part of that. We we, we, we are way off. We, we off are, but the but path. this is an important part of that conversation because it was this eye-opening thing for me that when I was in university and I started to like have a like this wide social circle that like and we've talked about this before that I'm one of the very few people that I know in my life that doesn't identify as queer, mm-hmm. like very few, and and so one of the like biggest like eye-opening things about that was when somebody had like had said said something about how you define sex as being in and of itself somewhat discriminatory yeah because just because you believe it to be something doesn't mean that that's how everybody believes it. And that's that's part of the beautiful thing about this spectrum of life is that just because you grew up a certain way or like your and and sexual orientation having like very is very different from like your own like sexual like there's there it's yeah. all all different things right. And just because somebody chooses to have to have no sex in their life doesn't mean that they can't have meaningful and 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 full relationships and that that it somehow like negates their femininity or their masculinity or anything to do with yeah. with or their their identity or anything like that. Well, so it's also just just, it's just like, the the base idea that a lack of femininity or masculinity is a negative, right? Right. Yeah. Like I think I think when you break it down into the core element, like that's really what a lot of it comes down to. It comes down to these ideas of what the gender norms are, what what boxes you're supposed to check, um, and and them feeling deficient because you're not living up to that. Um, and and I'm of the personal belief that the majority of people who have hangups on this stuff it is like homophobia is not about being afraid of another person being gay. It's about being afraid of yourself. Right. Um, and, and, and very often, uh, uh, and we see it in storytelling all of the time, uh, that, that like the, it's the, like the most homophobic character in a show is the person who's like, uh, who's closeted themselves and, and, and or can't, can't even accept it. Or you can't be true to yourself. Yeah. Like, and yeah. like understanding your own emotions and yeah. where you come from and how you relate to, and we have, and I do, it's those insecurities yeah. that, that lead to the lashing out and the, and the negativity. But then there's, yeah. but then there are other people like, like, like Rowling to bring it back to her and, 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 and I think where her experience is coming from, she had very bad experiences with men. And that has um, that has radicalized her in her in her feminism. And it's 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 to the extent that she can't see the forest for the trees. And that's it's really unfortunate. And it's a it's a very understandable place to get to. But in the same way that we're kind of talking about Ezra Miller, it's like if it once people have told you that the behavior is not cool and that we're not copacetic right for you to then double down on it triple down right. on it yeah. and, and not to, be open and understanding to the differences and nuances you're of, saying to people yeah. i hear what you're saying i understand the point that you're making i'm choosing to invalidate it with my own actions and that's violence like that like just in a in a very basic sense it's not physical violence but it is like any time that you are taking choice away from another human being or another another 
anything, another living being of any kind, like that you are committing a violent act and that what she has done, the decisions that she's made in the, in the recent weeks, like those are violent acts because she's not only making that decision for herself, but as a role model, as somebody with a fan base, she's actually mobilizing an army of people. That's and that's the that's the worst part about it. Yeah. When you speak from a pulpit, and I do I do just want to make sure that we're we're clear here too, because we whenever we talk about um, trans rights and LGBT rights and Q and like the like queer conversations, I just want to yeah. make it clear that there is a difference, obviously, between who you're sexually attracted to, like who you have sex with, versus how you identify and your own gender, which is separate from the genitalia that you have. Yeah. They're like three separate conversations. But the reason that we talk about them is because a lot of times they are linked to one another and, yeah. and fall on that sort of spectrum thing. So I just, again, I, I really hope that this isn't your only intro to <laughs> examining uh, these kinds of issues and that you're very like well-versed yeah. in other people and can speak to it. But I just wanted to, sorry, I just wanted to, to tag on that as well, because that like, I, I, I think that, just because like the the conversations that you have they're linked to one another but they don't necessarily like yeah. talk about one another like you can have people that are turfs that support gay rights and it doesn't mean that they're a great person because they support gay rights or mm -hmm. like lgbt causes because they actually like undermine other parts of that conversation that are really important and whenever we're talking about what you you often like to use the term venn diagram right there's a yeah. large overlap in communities in which like For the sure. the conversation is is um not exclusionary so one of the things that's really frustrating about about rowling in particular is that she uses the card where she's like my lesbian butch friends say this and it's like well that just that is not a you should probably should shush a little yeah. bit in how you're approaching this argument and the the other side of it too that that actually turns into like our direct like social circle is that um like uh, someone active in the in the trans community in vancouver actually directly like tweeted at rowling um because yeah. rowling like accidentally or who knows what happened but a tweet in terms of like some kid drew like a little monster from her upcoming book and so she was like praising the praising the little drawing but also threw in some like terrible like language that was very turfy into it and so somebody in vancouver um uh she tw she basically tweeted at, at rowling and was like hey like you need to be careful about what you say around kids and then it became this whole thing where rowling was like that's hate speech against me and it's defamation and anyways it wound up being this whole thing where it's like you just people that are part of a community and, and speak to an experience about, about discrimination and how, and how discrimination breeds from childhood are people that we should listen to and understand instead of automatically putting our hackles up and being yeah. like, I'm powerful and I will sue you and I will take you for everything that you're worth if you don't shut up right now. And that to me was when I first started really engaging in this conversation. Like JK Rowling's been called a turf on the internet for many, many years. Like this yeah. is not brand new information, no. but the reason that it's sort of starting to evolve and just, and just become exacerbating is because it's really, it's really doubling down on it in the recent future in a way that is problematic and harmful yeah. because 
if you start to perpetrate something, if you're in that position of, especially a kid's author, right? If yeah. people look up to you and, and they think that what you say matters, then you need to know that what you say matters. And if you utilize that to spread hatred and misunderstanding and discrimination, it's not a, it's not a good thing. And I yeah. just, and that, and that at the end of the day is, is sort of the unfortunate part. And then we go in and dissect, then what does that mean for Harry Potter? This franchise that everybody loves yeah. and means so much. The queer community connects with Harry Potter. Like, I don't know. I mean, that could just be a very specifically the queer community that I am aware of and part of. But I mean, there's so much that Harry Potter did to bring online communities together yeah. at the same time where online communities were being open to kids that hadn't had queer spaces before. And I think that there's a correlation between the, the time in which Harry Potter was so popular and that, I mean, we have the vlog brothers because of Harry Potter. And I think that people don't really realize that, that, that all, so many of these important people exist because they came together in these communities that JK Rowling like started. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 this is the core of the, the conversation that, that I wanted to have initially, which was, you know, like, what do we do? with the art when we find out the, that the artist is, is, uh, a, a, a deeply uh, coming from a deeply flawed perspective. Um, and I think, I think it's difficult. I think that there are, that there are two things that, that, they, that I personally want to do with it, which is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to diminish my enjoyment of Harry Potter. Um, those stories mean something to me because of my experience with them. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't think that it's, I don't, I think it's, uh, I sort of intellectually disingenuous to say that you can divorce yourself from that. Like, oh, no, you can't. You yeah, have your to experiences read Ender's make Game you. and understand what you're reading. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, but, it doesn't mean that I have to support Harry Potter as a, a omni global mega corporation, right? Yeah. Anymore, yeah. so yeah. Um, I'm gonna go out of my way to not purchase officially licensed Harry Potter merchandise from now on, um, and that's something that I have done as recently as back at Halloween. We did like we, Crystal and I were just saying, it's like, do we, Crystal was like, so do we need to get rid of that? And I was like, no, we don't need to get rid of that stuff. Like it's, we made the purchase already. Like it's like throwing it out. Isn't going to reverse the fact that a, a couple of pennies of that went into her pocket. Right. Like, um, but we can be conscious about it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can choose to, to not support her specifically by, by way of not, purchasing the officially licensed stuff and here's there the thing so much fanfic on the internet that you can love yeah it does not right. like you like like look you can pirate the books you can pirate the movies uh if they're on netflix anyways but well some of them but like and however that works streaming services I do have, nice, okay and here's thing, and here's but, the thing as somebody that works in the industry and this yeah. is i think in important in terms of authorship that if you are enjoying something that was written by somebody Unfortunately, there is a certain amount of equation in terms of like buying it from that person. The extended universe and merchandising and sure. like global phenomenon, I fully agree with that, right? Like that don't don't go all out to like engage in 
the spoils of war, as it were. But that because but but that's not where people make their money, anyways. Like buying yeah. a book from somebody is not how they make their money, right? No. It's the franchise that makes yeah. the money. So sorry, just because anytime that yeah. anytime the piracy is, I just that's I, look, my own I, little yeah, like. No, uh, to be clear, to be clear, like in general, I am anti-piracy, right? Like <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think that but artists should be paid ways, for their yeah, art. Things that you could do, yeah. But yeah, yeah. but I am saying that in this instance. When someone is as uh, uh, dangerous and damaging as Rowling has been in the last little while, I think you are well within your rights to say, I don't want any of my money to go to this person, but I do still want to enjoy this piece of art. Um, It does. That does then write out all of the other people who contributed to the films and that sort of thing who deserve their cut of that. But you know, like it's it's going to be a personal decision for everybody, and yeah, I think that and- I already own the movies. We already own the books. Like like those decisions were already made a long time ago, and that money's already been spent. So there's like I'm sitting from a place of like, well, it doesn't really. It's not it's not difficult for me to say like, yeah, go ahead and pirate it. I don't have to. I don't have to deal with that moral quandary myself. But, um, but I am saying like, if that's what, if that's a, if that's an act of protest that you want to take, I think that that's a totally valid perspective to have in this instance, right? If you're mad at George Lucas because he put, uh, uh, space lizards, uh, back into a new hope and, and, uh, and, uh, and. Han Solo steps on the slug's oh, tail. Yeah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> so you don't ever want to pay for a Star Wars movie again. I think that you're being a petulant child, right? Like I think that you, <laughs> I, that's stupid. But those people exist. So but those people go. absolutely exist. Um, can can I offer an alternative perspective sure. too? Because I think that John Green sometimes speaks to this too. That and, and I don't know. I can't. I can't recall that it was a long time ago and it's just something where it's the idea of how do you distinguish between artist and art and where does the art become the audiences and I think that a long time ago Harry Potter started to belong to the community and the and the readers in a way that was completely separate from the journey that JK continued to take it on yeah and so there is a certain a certain understanding that I have and how I like how I choose to to come at this because you, you can understand and appreciate something for what it is without glorifying the person. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so relevant. You can understand that Christopher Columbus was an important part of how North America (laughs) has been founded without erecting statues to him. We can't separate colonialism and who we are and how we came Aside, obviously, from from the First Nations people, but how we came to this 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 place and this land that we're on without identifying and acknowledging who got us here and saying maybe that was really problematic, but we're here now and how we take this forward is actually what matters. So let's tear down their statues. Let's tear down their epitaphs. Let's remember that they existed and that they got us here, but let's not glorify them anymore and let's mm-hmm. just let's just own it as who we are as readers, as as audiences, as lovers of this important work that speaks to a childhood experience and and belonging and difference yeah. and and ironically about what it's like to transform into Harry Potter and still be a woman inside at your core because Hermione refers to herself as a woman even though she looks like Harry on the outside. 
just thought that that was a really interesting thing that someone on the internet pointed out where mm. it's like, hey, JK, maybe you want to evaluate the words that you wrote in your book if you don't believe that this is something that can exist. So, um, yeah, but and, and the other the other part of it, I think, is to just I I incorporate the information about the artist into your reading of the text. Yeah. yeah um, and, sure. and understand the context no different than, than if you were reading Shakespeare, or if you were reading the Bible, right. Um, it is important to have historical context. It's important to understand the person who held the pen um, and, and what their motivations might've been in, in putting pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can't, we can't negate the fact that, that you're right. JK Rowling being the single mother that had gotten out of this yeah. terrible place and that that inspired this little boy in a cupboard that, that changed, I think very fundamentally pop culture and in, in, as a, as a consequence, the world in many ways yeah. is important and impossible to, to completely separate. And I think that there's something there that's important to acknowledge yeah. that it really does come from this intrinsic understanding yeah. that she has with the world. I think, I think, I think we can do a little bit of taking the good with the bad um, mm-hmm. and just, just being aware um, for example, something that is in the text that is very difficult to deal with is, is the one prominent Asian character is named Cho Chang, which yeah, yeah. sounds like when you say it out loud, it sounds like a joke, yeah. right? Like it, it's just the, 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 <laughs> the lack of, um, sensitivity in creating that character with that name in that story. It's like, you know, I, I, it's just something to be aware of. I think, I don't think that like it's, I think that that character is actually a great character. I, I, I think that, that she's an important part of Harry's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and an important part of, of the overall themes of adolescence and growth and all of that sort of thing that, that the books do so well. Um, but I can enjoy that character and still stop and go, maybe we don't just go with the first Asian name that popped into our head. Maybe we stop for a second. We'd be a little bit more thoughtful about that sort of stuff in the future. Right. Um, and I, and I think that, that one of the most difficult things that happens when somebody does reveal themselves to be discriminatory or, uh, or, or, you know, uh, abusive or, you know, all of these things that, 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 that contribute to, to these ideas of, of, of canceling a person that I, I, my, my problem with cancel culture is sort of like the erasure of anything negative and bad that we don't want to think about. Right. Um, sort of to the detriment of, of the lessons learned. Yeah via those people's stories and experiences. So I think it's important to acknowledge, to look at it and go, I uh, JK Rowling was a very deeply flawed person. Uh, she is now. And that means that she probably was when she wrote these books. Uh, and, and so some of that stuff's going to come through and there's some weird things that happened after the fact, like, saying after the books are out oh yeah dumbledore's totally gay by the way right like it's like yeah okay i you know that's that's great in a sense it's also a little bit like hey 
I'm just going to throw this in. I'm not going to put it in the book because it might offend some people and I don't want that to affect my sales. But after the fact, when it's fashionable to do so, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, Dumbledore was gay. Right. Um, it, and it, it just it undermines the people that are actually putting yeah. the work in to make stories that are inclusive and that hey someone said Animorphs is really great as yeah. a great fantasy alternative yeah super inclusionary and, the, and there and are just, there yeah. are other things other than the the monoliths other than yeah. the Harry Potter the Star Wars the Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings again another one J.R.R. Tolkien. Ooh, yeah, he. There's a lot of problematic yeah. stuff in his history yeah. and his past, um, yeah. and yet you know we're farther removed from that, so it's a little bit easier for us to go to to sort of separate art from artist. Um, and you know, if we really knew William Shakespeare, I'm sure that we would find stuff about him, especially with the time that he lived in. <laughs> oh yeah, no, without a doubt, William Shakespeare right? is probably one of the most. <laughs> um, and 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 the men that that held the 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 uh, I don't know what writing implements they used in uh, uh, 2000 uh, or in the year zero, I guess. But uh, the the guys who wrote the Bible, very problematic human yeah. beings. Yeah. Very problematic. Yeah. One specifically, in my personal opinion, uh, that yeah. a lot of people put a lot of stock in. Its name starts with a P. Um, we don't need to get into theology because I think that Amanda would be a little bit out of her wheelhouse. But. I don't understand. Except for the best thing about theology that has happened recently is when people have been been like talking about the Bible, being like, hey, so uh, do people understand that this is a book that does not have white people in it? And then someone's like, the Romans were white. And the guy's like, Okay, sure. I'll give it to you. The people that arrested and killed Jesus Christ were white. <laughs> now, let's was... be really clear. They were Caucasian. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? Yes. Like I so I I, I you were quoting verbatim the thing, the 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 meme or whatever, the post. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like Sorry. I think yeah. I've reposted that as well. Yeah. So I like I yes, where you're coming from is 100%. And I know zero things about the Bible nor anything else besides that post. My, I just thought it was My quibble with that is just that like okay, we're going to say white, but I'm like we're talking about Caucasian. So like, cause those people, the, the Romans at the time would not have been fair skinned. They would not have been like, just to, just to further the point of like, uh, there are no white people in the Bible. Um, that the fair skin that comes from like the Germanic, uh, Caucasians. And like, we're talking about, when we're talking about Romans, we're talking about, uh, pre Italy Italians, and greeks and they were very brown-skinned and they looked very much like middle eastern people um who are also technically uh not caucasian in the sense of white skin but caucasoid in terms of the the three the three uh uh, this is this is difficult stuff to get into, but I was gonna say you're very you're educating a lot on this on this meme that I meant to be a. I for apologize. Sure. It was I I didn't mean for it to. It was just my my contribution it's, to the it's, theology it's, discussion. <laughs> my thing is that it's just that like there's so much more there's so much more nuance to that of course, statement of course, of course. than than yeah. sort As of there like is the, with anything the, in the life, right? sort of way of talking yeah. about it yeah. because yes, absolutely, one hundred percent there. I, there's not a fair-skinned person in 
in the Bible, everybody probably was some shade of brown. Um, uh, whether it was a deep olive tan or straight up like black African. Um, and there are, there are many people who believe that, that Jesus, uh, was very likely African, um, uh, like of African descent. Um, because you've got the Jews coming out of Egypt and like, if there's going to be some, African blood mixed in there with those Jews. They're not all going to look like what we think of now, which is very much uh, uh, Eastern European Jews. But anyways, uh, it, it is a whole thing. I could go get into to racial politics and theology, and that could be a, its own Sounds episode. Sounds like a podcast in itself. Um, but it's also something that I'm not nearly as educated on as I should be in order to talk about it in a public forum you like this. You could probably so. find a podcast that talks about There's probably somebody who knows more thing. about this than I do. Yeah. For sure. Um, but all, my point is just like, that's your, like, that is the iceberg <laughs> analogy. It's like, yeah. that's the 10% that's, yeah. that's above yep. the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is the statement, like, there are no white people in the Bible. Um, yeah. But yeah, then it, the, to turn it on its head it of gets, like, well, what, what about the Romans? It's like, yes, the cops. Yeah. <laughs> the cops so were like, white. Yeah. So it's just like. The cops that uh, were persecuting the, the Middle Eastern people yes, were definitely. The, the you reductive can, if you, meme. If you want to if you wanna <laughs> point out somebody as being white, good job. You've made my point for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. The purpose, that's more the purpose of the meme yeah. is being like, yeah. let's, let's look to the current, <laughs> yeah. like. The history yeah. of the it's world not just not the realized. last 200 years or yeah. 400 years in the United States. It is actually the last several thousand years yeah, like um, that just... white people have been doing this to other yeah. other people. Um, cool. On that note, <laughs> I yeah, man, just I think here, this is the thing. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> Right. It sounds so simple. It does sound so simple. It's a really hard thing to live every day and understand that like, like the, these ideologies of like, like, you know, being good to one another and, and, and doing good things and that sort of stuff. Like, say, we're not going to all live up to these ideals every single day. It's, I think if the overarching theme of tonight's episode is anything, it's taken information and grow as a person. Yeah. And if you're doing that and you're listening, truly listening to other people and truly seeking to not do other people harm, then you're on the right path and you're going to make mistakes along the way and you're going to say some stupid stuff and do some stupid stuff. Um, and, and, and you know you're gonna you are gonna hurt people everybody's gonna hurt people from time to time it's the nature of humanity but uh, i think it's important that we just you know uh, put context around that stuff and we learn from it and uh and we recognize we learn to recognize when someone deserved our ire and when somebody was uh the victim of of a prejudice or uh or a, a wrong way of thinking um, because there are definitely jerks out there and they definitely need to be treated like they're jerks. This isn't about everybody standing around in a circle holding hands and singing Kumbaya, but it is about saying to people like, like taking choice away and saying and to them, you know, because growth. of who you choose yeah. to be or identify as I'm going to exclude you from something or persecute you unjustly. Um, 
that's kind of the place where I think we draw the line. But if somebody's a jerk, you call them out for being a jerk. Yep. And just because you're really not a jerk to one group of people and a super jerk to other people, it doesn't negate all of the bad that you've done just because you're, you're like, but I am really good over here. So therefore I get to be a jerk here. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the negative times a positive thing, right? Because people want to yeah. use the negative times a negative equals a positive thing uh, a lot, and it's like, okay, that's not really how the world works. That's just how uh, theoretical made up math works. Because uh, <laughs> negative numbers are imaginary, um, but a negative times a positive always equals a negative. Ooh, look at that math knowledge. Right? Like it Good always job, equals Mike. a negative. So I think like that's the that's what you're saying is that yeah. is that like whatever it's I should it shouldn't say we shouldn't say whatever positive because I mean like Gandhi did a lot of positive stuff, but then he also had some real wrong headed ways of thinking as well. So It's almost know, like nobody's perfect and the whole purpose yeah. of life is to grow and change as a person and try to do the least amount of harm as possible while making the world a little bit of a better place than when you came to it maybe being a good person can't be boiled down to a catchphrase or a bumper sticker that might actually be the lesson that might be the lesson but it's really that's difficult that's difficult um because it's not as catchy to write on a on a piece of cardboard and march through the streets because i want to say don't be a don't be a dick is a is a is a good uh, motto to live by but i also want to say punching nazis in the face is perfectly fine like that's okay yeah. that's there's nothing they i don't have a problem with that so you know life is complicated this is a very long episode <laughs> I, but it had some nerdy stuff in it, it did so have you some know nerdy what stuff in it. i think well, the moral of the story is that if you want the nerdy stuff you just have to take it on top of and including all of the other political That's the, stuff of the world. The nerdy stuff is definitely the spoonful of sugar in this episode. Where we're like, it's look, we got a lot of medicine to get through, but if if you take it all down, there's a gummy bear in it for you. I had fun though. This is good. This is a good episode. I need to go to bed though. It's very late. So I'm so late. tired. Uh, I'm getting a little punchy. Okay. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, you can uh, check out all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network by heading to thunderquack.com. Uh, and if you want to follow us, you can do that uh, by going to facebook.com slash thunderquack, on Twitter at thunderquackpod, and on Instagram at thunderquackpodcast. You can also follow us individually on uh, Twitter. I'm at aconkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. You can add an 86 to that for Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, awesome. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can support us in three ways. First is by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to let other people know that uh, this mess of a podcast might actually be worth listening to. Um <laughs> It's great because it helps other people find us so that they can tell us all the stupid things that we said tonight. Maybe correct us in a few places and, yeah. uh, and, and help us and learn and grow help as us people. learn and grow as people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is a great way to support us. Uh, another great way is by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Put that there Thunderquack logo on your face with a face mask right now so that people can be like, I'm really glad that you're uh that you're being conscientious of everybody else's health but what the hell is a thunderquack um 
Except for the five people who are going to be like, oh, Darkwing Duck. And you're like, actually, a podcast network. (laughs) Very weird branding. I'm supposed to be an expert. Uh, (laughs) The last way that you can support us is by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack, as we mentioned before, and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. Thank you to everybody who does. uh, And uh, you guys are awesome. Everybody's awesome. Our Facebook group is so cool. Oh, I just want to say that the reason that I'm on Facebook is because it's it's the reason that I'm on Facebook as well, because I'm quite frankly getting sick of seeing uh, old people posting stuff. And I really just want to like abandon that platform and just hang out on Twitter and Instagram um, where millennials belong. Right. And stay away from TikTok because it's not for me. It's not for the old people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to get made fun of. Like, you can lurk. This is the thing. This is the thing that I've learned you lately. Is lurk that lurking is okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, is just it? like don't no. try and engage because you're just you're not. You're, it's not going to go don't well. Know, don't know how to do it. Yeah. Hey, um, I have a question for you. Yeah. It's a logistics question. Does this count as our third week of podcasting because you podcasted with somebody else previously, and so it was three weeks of podcast, or are we back next week? I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, let's go ahead and say we'll leave it up to our mental health. And if you get a podcast next week, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's no? a good one. Is that okay? I love being non-committal. It makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> There's nothing better than leaving the people who pay for the podcast, not knowing <laughs> what they're about to get because they paid for it. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I think that next week's probably going to be a week off. Um, and then it is and then, the, it's the short week because of the holiday too. Like it's, it's Canada it is. and I also, look, yeah, I, I, to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm raring to get star Wars faster, more intense, uh, back up and running, which nice. we haven't done any episodes since the Mandalorian finished. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've, and we've been done with, uh, rebel cells since clone wars completed, uh, uh, at the beginning of May. So, um, it's been about two months and, and, um, it's actually a lot of work because I've got a whole bunch of guests lined up and, um, and, and some really, really cool content coming down the pipe for that. So nice. I will say that like, Hey, uh, I am gonna, we're going to take that week off. Uh, we're going to take this next week off because I am gearing up to get that stuff ready to go. Um, but go over to faster, more intense and subscribe to that podcast, um, because there's going to be some really cool conversations, um, from some voices that maybe you haven't heard. I mean, if you only listen to my star Wars podcast, then you definitely haven't heard some of these voices before, but even if you're in the sort of larger star Wars community, you might not be super familiar with some of the people that I'm about to bring on. We're going to talk a lot about Raylo over the next month on faster, more intense. And I am very excited about it because I had a, personal journey in that that needs to be commemorated in podcast form mike's more of a raylo than me now man i'm so oh i'm a hardcore raylo now i'm i'm i've they radicalized me i I have been radicalized and i'm now like i will fight people on twitter (laughs) about this stuff uh and i'll do it if you slide into my dms on on instagram i'll i will write until Instagram says, hey, you've reached the character limit. You have to send this now or stop talking. Um, and and Sarah Beth can attest to that because she, she she messaged me yesterday and was like, hey, so because I posted a picture and she and it, she was like, I just can't get behind it. And I was like, let me tell you about my journey and how I feel about Aww, it now. And we it. had a we had a nice little conversation about it. So nice. 
Um, yeah, no, I've definitely been, I've definitely been radicalized by the Raylo community, uh, and I am now one of them. Um, more about that on Star Wars Faster, More Intense uh, over the next month, uh, as well as a bunch of other cool Star Wars stuff. So, uh, lots to talk about over there. Um, and we'll take a week off, but uh, here's what I'll say: as always, like the offer is still out there. Um, I especially like like as we are still in the midst of Black Lives Matter and the protests and everything. If you uh, have a podcast you want to suggest, or you have a podcast yourself that you'd like us to to highlight, um, that week off is a perfect time for us to drop something in the feed. Um, for everybody to listen to and it's not necessarily a thing for patreon but for our other for our, our regular listeners um that's something that i'm that i'm more than yeah, happy to do I love it so i so yeah just uh hit us up i mean like it's not just that week but anytime um if you guys think that there's a podcast out there from a community that that we don't represent being that amanda and i are a couple of white people um heterosexual cisgendered white people at that we're just the worst i know we're just we're the uh, default setting in a video game um it's it's obnoxious uh but uh yeah so if you've got if you've got something you want to suggest or something that you do yourself that you that you'd like us to highlight you we want to use our platform to to help our audience find more diverse viewpoints to to listen to so um all, all in the effort to maybe make the world a little bit of a better place in the in the best way that we can. So it sucks that this is tagged right at the end of the episode, but that's where it came up in conversation. So uh, we'll do better in the in the future. I that's something that I need to make a point of saying at the beginning of the episode, not at the very end. I hashtag quiver all the way. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you in a couple weeks. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. (laughs) 